Teach me about the Great Lakes. Teach me about the Great Lakes. Welcome back to Teach Me About the Great Lakes, a twice monthly podcast in which I, a Great Lakes novice, ask people who are... Uh, smarter and harder working than I am. They teach me all about the Great Lakes, and we're here live, Carolyn Foley. We are live from Cleveland, aren't we? Yes, yes, we are. You know what that means? Time for our Cleveland theme song. Live from Masshead Brewing, beautiful downtown Cleveland. Yes. And let's hear it for Secret Week, everybody. Woo! I'm joined tonight by a cavalcade of superstars. With me, as often, is Carolyn Foley. Carolyn, how are you? I am doing well, thanks. Stuart. Oh, good. It's good to be well. And here, oh my goodness, it must be a live podcast because there's Hope Charters. Hope, how's Woo! it going? I'm back again. <laughs> back in. She's back. She comes with the ones at the breweries. <laughs> and we have a special special guest tonight as part of Sea Grant Week 2020. Nope, 2021. Nope, 2022. Dr. Chris Winslow, director of Ohio Sea Grant and the Stone Lab. Chris, how are you? I'm fantastic, and it's just Chris. Only my brothers have to call me doctor. Only <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, no, I was just calling you doctor to be cute. Um, no, we, what we do is we establish the authority. And then we undermine it. So you establish, and then you undermine. So Dr. Chris, what's up? And so the thing is about this podcast is what we do is we try to learn something about the Great Lakes every episode. And then what really happens is I am so focused on trying to make sure that I don't forget to do the recording right that I learn absolutely nothing. Hey, Stuart, did you actually hit record? For example, no, I did hit record. All right, cool. But so Carolyn has come up for, it's a live show, so we got to do something a little bit extra special. And so for the live show, Carolyn has come up, I think, is this right? Well, do we want to let him introduce himself first? Okay, fine. So, Chris, you're director of Ohio Sea Grant and the Stone Lab. Tell me, what is, what is, we know what Sea Grant is. What is the Stone Lab exactly? Uh, yeah. My God, I'm a little intimidated here. This is intense. It so is. Thank you. Very intense. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Stone Lab. It's like is, a camping uh... trip. It's so intense. Hey. <laughs> Ooh. Oh <my> <laughs> This is where we're going. Every this time awesome. Stuart Tate makes a stupid joke, I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> uh, so Stone Lab is an island owned by Ohio State University, not the Ohio State University. No. We're just going to call it Ohio State That's University. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't need definitive articles on knock this. Knock it down no, a no. couple pegs. Teach us about a great lake. <laughs> Looking for hands-on opportunities for kids to learn about the lake. And then Sea Grant. We all know what Sea Grant is, right? Sea Grant is the three-legged stool, right? So we've got... We've got to fund some research on the issues. We've got to get that research into the hands of formal education. And then we've got to reach all those stakeholders, all those elected officials, all those state agencies, all those uh, Lake Erie residents, and let them know what's going on in the lake behind them or in front of them. Yeah. So really with Stone Labs, do you all have like school groups out there? Is that, I don't really Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I so, looked at a job sometime like 10 years ago. I didn't apply. Thank God. But uh, uh, um, but so what do you, you bring out? Like I've seen your or? resume. You wouldn't yeah. be allowed to the island. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but is it like K through 12 type groups or what do y'all, what do y'all no, do? No, yeah, we're fifth through 12th graders coming up in the spring and in the fall. And then also uh, we have college courses during the summer, somewhere between 20 and 25 college courses, about 250 students. And so it's on an island. And what, the island is... What no, is no, 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 no. 
No, you're taking the wind out of my sails. Man. I'm taking the wind out of Carolyn's sails. Carolyn, what's the Chris? That's actually not what we're here to talk about. No. We're here to talk about today. But we do we do sail on the lake. Yeah. Oh, you do sail on the lake with wind, not the wind that I've done. I wanted to go into detail about Stone Lab, but we're not going to do that. Instead, Carolyn's made a game called The Wheel of Erie, and what Carolyn does not know is that the Wheel of Erie game has a theme song, The Wheel of Erie theme song. And she might not be able to hear the words tonight, but she'll listen to it, and she will retroactively hate me for this. <laughs> It's time for the Wheel of Eerie. What it will land on is a big mystery. So many issues with Lake Erie. Which of them will we discuss on Teach Me About the Great Lakes? I thought you said you weren't going to have time to record. I wasn't, but then my mother-in-law came in town and yada, yada, yada. There's a Wheel of Eerie song. All right, so tell us how this is going to work. All right, so here's how it's going to work. Today on Teach Me About the Great Lakes, we are going to learn about the Great Lake Eerie. Eerie. And to help us pick topics, we have this lovely wheel. There are six topics. Six topics. One wheel. You're going to spin, and then you'll talk about them. All right, good. This feels eerily like Twister. I'm a little worried. So, Carolyn. (laughs) It's possible that there are some hands Okay. Carolyn, hold it up to the microphone as you spin so everybody can hear the realistic spin sound. Okay, well, this is just a sample. There it is. All right. All right. Okay, so go ahead, Chris. Give her a spin. All right, looking good. And the first topic on Lake Erie is the Maumee River. The Maumee River. What can you tell us about the Maumee River? It's huge. Is that it? We're doing succinct or we're doing long? It's teach me about the Great Lakes. We're doing long. It's fine. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. I can't do that appropriately. Accurately. As Mark would say, it's huge, probably, right? There we yeah. go. It's actually the longest tributary in all of the Great Lakes. Sadly, it uh, drains a lot of agricultural land, and it's bringing a lot of nutrients into Lake Erie. So that's one of the things. Plus, it's just a cool word to say. Yeah, mommy. Mommy. So with the nutrients, so the nutrients it drains are from farming. Is that right? There's a lot of farmers. Well, so some of the nutrients are coming from farms some is coming from wastewater treatment plants uh, some of it's coming from fertilizer runoff from suburban areas we also have home sewage sewage treatment plants do we want to talk about sewage as we're hanging out at a restaurant you can do that if you like if you like to talk about sewage <laughs> i'll talk about sewage that's fine so there's a little bit of poo in there a little bit of poo little there's of our poo. title thank you for that one okay um, yeah, so it's a combination. And so when we're addressing the nutrients coming into Lake Erie, that's a lot of stakeholders that we got to engage. And so you work with different groups, and a variety of people work with groups in the Maumee. Maumee, beautiful. Maumee, um, river Basin to try to stop. And something that happens in the western basin of Lake Erie sometimes when there's too much runoff. <laughs> Fantastic, yes. <laughs> so we have harmful algal blooms. So what we have is a growth of a cyanobacteria, even though we use the word algae, and it grows in excess. So nutrients in a lake aren't bad just in general, but when you have too much, then you grow blooms. And so what we're working on when we talk about the Maumee River is how do we reduce nutrients, and it's both phosphorus and nitrogen. And so we're trying to bring down those concentrations so that we bring this growth that's natural for the Great Lakes, especially in Lake Erie, to a normal population or normal concentration. So help me understand just very big picture what it is is so these nutrients come in and the the algae, which we call a no the bacteria, 
uh, that sends them in overdrive, right? And they reproduce quickly and really bloom in terms of population, and that causes problems. Why? Do, what's bad about that exactly? Yeah, so number one, just excess growth becomes what we would just call nuisance. But these organisms, which again, we call them generically algae, but they're bacteria, have the ability to produce toxins. And those toxins are at risk for whether it's through a water treatment process or through recreational exposure when you're hanging out on the beach or doing your jet skis. And dogs. And dogs. Wait, what happens to dogs with halves? Oh, no. So dogs, when they're in the water and they're hot, they're always lapping up that water. And they're not thinking about, go dogs. (laughs) We've got a Georgia fan in the audience. Well, and we're at Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, right. Go dogs. Yeah, yeah. Got the dog pound. A lot of dogs. Oh, so they drink. Oh, no. What happens? It doesn't hurt the dogs. Or to what extent does it hurt the dogs? So it depends. It's okay, Carolyn. It's okay. No, it's not. Depends on the level of exposure, but we have seen a couple dog deaths dog in death. Lake Erie. It's really sad. Okay, that is sad. And so, Habs, let's spin the wheel. I'm told we need to spin the wheel again. I have a Give question, though, before oh, we yeah. spin the wheel. So, when we see those really cool satellite photos of the Great Lakes, and Lake Erie is completely green, is that just because of the Habs, or is that because it's shallow, or both? Oh, it's a great question. And so, we also say that it's not completely green. What we love about Lake Erie is it's a huge lake. It's actually a great lake, one of five. Um, but when the Habs show up, we definitely want to let our stakeholders know where you can go and where you can't go. So we don't want to tell people that the whole lake is closed. That's number one. Save the dogs. Yes. <laughs> so I have a question then. So you talk to some people and they, about Lake Michigan, and some people argue that Lake Michigan is too clean. You hear that a lot. No, you don't. Um, and so... <laughs> Would you say that Lake A is Lake Michigan too clean and B is Lake Erie too dirty or too uh, nutrients nutri- nutrient rich? Yeah, so we try not to use words like good or poor health or dirty or clean. We kind of talk about condition, like how do they look relative to the way they looked historically? Um, yeah, and so Lake Erie has a it's just out of whack. I mean, that's the easiest way to say it is that we know where the nutrients should be and they're not where they're at. They're a little higher than where they've yeah. been. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to a, a good friend of ours, Titus Sarlheimer. Hello, Titus. And what he said that really inspired me once we we're talking about um, the lakes and he said, you know, we have the lakes that we have now. Right. And so then that that's a certain set of conditions and then, and then we can do what we want with that. But these are the lakes we have. So that's good. Carolyn tells me it's time to spin, though. So let's do it. Yep. Go ahead. Spin, spin it again. Can I make the noise, the or are you making the noise? Topic. I mean, this is the noise. I'm not making a noise. It... <laughs> Whoa. That was a big spin. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Wow. I, I lost the spinner. I had to find it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what did All we right. land on? Yellow perch and walleye. Yellow perch and walleye. Not one, but two. It's a Tasty. Double... That's tasty. My answer is tasty. <laughs> In relation to Lake Erie, oh. this is the Wheel of Erie, sir. Yeah. All right, so walleye and perch. Tasty. Okay. What else about uh, yellow perch and walleye? We have not had populations in the lake as high as we have them right now. Oh, why are they so high now? Is it is it the haps that they eat the little? They love algae, and so they're they like, yes, score. <laughs> well, we all know that you know algae. That's kind of the base of the food web. So you need the algae to feed the zooplankton, so the little critters in the water that we then feed the bait fish, and the bait fish feed the the game fish. Um, so for for Lake Erie, we're definitely seeing higher populations than we have on record. We don't fully, 100% know why, but we think it has to do with water levels. We do think it has to do with the quality of the water again, the condition again of the water. 
But yeah, if you're coming out, we've got some of our charter captains, a great industry in Lake Erie, that they're turning around customers left and right because they're hitting their their max catch limit very quickly. So it's, it's really good. And who sets the max catch limit? <laughs> the Great Lakes are an interesting place on how we decide. <laughs> um, but basically, what I love about Sea Grant and about the Great Lakes, it's collaborative. So it's a bunch of state agencies that get together and, dis- and they first very rigorously decide how many fish are in the lake. And then they decide how many that we can harvest to make sure that that population stays around in perpetuity. And so it's a collaborative effort. It's a great effort. Um, but it's, and it's also, what I'd love to say is it's joint between the U.S. and Canada. We love our neighbors to the north. I didn't even have to prompt you. Nice work. Nice work. <laughs> oh, while we're talking about fish, um, can you tell us anything about Blue Pike? We had a couple people say that we should add Blue Pike to the Wheel of Erie. Oh, I don't know. And you're laughing now, Wait, so hold I on. feel like there's oh, a story that's not here. Fair. Let's just spin the Wheel of Erie and no, no, see no, no, where no, it no, lands. No. This, hold this on. This is a tag on. No, this it's fine. T- We're going to spin it. All right. All right. Blue Pike! Blue Pike! <laughs> oh, no! Land on Blue Pike! Oh, my gosh. So I'm, I'm going to reach the level of my knowledge in this place. So... Blue pike has said that it was a different type of walleye in the lake. But when we look at genetics, and again, I'm not a fish squeezer anymore. I heard liar. Do we want to talk about whether Michigan and Huron is one lake or two? I don't know if we want to get into that discussion. Michigan and Huron? It's one. Got it. There we go. So... I see two in the background. Are we doing? I got one. I got two. I got one. Jim, I got hey, Jim, two. You can come on to some other time. You have a podcast. <laughs> no. So I, again, I'm not, this is a little outside my wheelhouse, but it's you know when you get into that idea of are we lumpers or splitters? So what is a walleye versus what is a blue pike? Is it subspecies or the same species? So it's very similar. It's a similar fish that may or may not be a different. So I was I, I came up as a fisheries biologist in Florida, and so there's a big deal with bonefish. And they would do a lot of genetic analysis to find out this bonefish is different from that bonefish, maybe, which was important for reasons that are a different podcast. But so is that the deal here, that they're, they're like, close? Same thing. Okay. So the idea is when do you decide when they're different species versus they just look a little different? And where do you draw the line at, at speciation? Do they taste similar? <laughs> Tasty. Tasty. I don't, I don't taste. But, I don't taste. I don't know. My question was, where do people currently draw the line? Gosh, I don't know. I'm Does looking it depend to my, on who you're talking to? It would depend on who you're talking to. You'll talk to some anglers that are now in their you know, 60s, 70s and say that they missed the blue pike and there's memories of that. But do scientifically, you know, as we describe organisms, is it two? Is it one? It's a fun battle. Fun discussion. There you go. <laughs> Let's spin that wheel again. Give another spin, Chris. South Bass Island. Where it was still spinning. How do you know what it stopped on, Carolyn? <laughs> this is so awkward. Oh, now it stopped, as you can see, right. looking so, at the wheel. So one of South Bass Island, which we started talking about earlier. It's possible Carolyn was like, stop it, Stuart, stop. The wheel, the wheel but, spins how it's going to spin. Man. Yeah, so can you tell us anything else about South Bass Island? You talked a little bit about Stone Lab, but can you tell us about South Bass Island or the islands in Lake Erie in particular? 100%. So there's a lot of islands in the western lake of Lake Erie Basin. Um, we're very creative. We call one South Bass, Middle Bass, and then North Bass. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. And so South Bass is where the, um, the village of Putin Bay is. Um, it's a tourist destination. If you go there and you didn't see 12 bachelor bachelorette parties, you weren't looking. <laughs> but on that island, there is also a research station that's owned by Ohio State, and that's where Stone Lab is located. Um, 
great location for us to do some critical research that's that's needed for Lake Erie. What kind of research? Like, what is what is? Give me two projects at Stone Lab right now that you think are really. Oh no, awesome. absolutely. So we're looking at microplastics. Okay, I can give you more than two. Stuart. I know you can. I can which give is you why tons. I requested two. Yeah. Microplastics, emerging contaminants. Um, we're looking. We talked earlier about HABs, harmful algal blooms, and they produce toxins. We're looking at do fish store those toxins in the edible flesh that we buy at our nice deep fried restaurants? Where do fish hold their? I mean, they don't have pockets, so they got to put it somewhere. But um, <laughs> so what? All right, so I want I want you to break news on Teach Me About the Great Lakes. Give me one sort of research result that's coming in. I don't want you to you know bust anybody's embargo, but. But maybe it's just out in a journal now or something cool that y'all just reported on that we can share with our audience. Man, the cutting edge right now. You want the Lake Erie. I want the bleedingest. I want the Avantist of guard. Oh, man. I'm going to make the six extension agents that work for us (laughs) here very frustrated. Um, That's fine. We tried to get Tori Gabriel on. There they are. We tried to get Tori Gabriel on. We just couldn't afford him. Coming in already. Um. For us, honestly, and it's sad to say, I really do think the harmful algal blooms and the impacts on the economy and the potential impacts on the ecosystem, I mean, that's top right now. Um, and I can say it wouldn't be without state support, but federal support to start answering some of those questions. But that's it. It's when do they show up? When do they go away? Why are they here? How do we get them to go away? All right. One more time. One more spin. One, one more spin. Oh, just one more. We got. I got oh, a lot more questions. So much but fun. Only, hold on. Uh, uh, okay. Yes. Sorry. It hasn't stopped spinning That was spinning a legitimate yet. reaction. Okay. Now, the, Chris, it takes you a long time to spin the wheel. Your fingers are all numb. I yeah, okay. I'm getting old. Yeah. That was a legitimate reaction. And those who know me and know what's on this wheel know that it's mayflies that we're talking about mayflies. now. It's awfully late to be talking Where's about Kristen? mayflies. She's right over there. So the expert is right over there. Mayflies, Kristen. We're talking mayflies. She's giddy. Giddy over there. Yeah. So mayflies, um, they don't come out in May. June. I don't know why that's going on. So an insect that spends a year of its life on the bottom of the lake. Do people really like it when it comes out? <laughs> Do they? They tend not to. We can actually pick it up on weather satellites when the hatches happen and they oh, look like... Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. Hold on, Chris. Hold on. That's a really interesting factoid, but we have to introduce that properly. You're saying that you can... I want you to repeat that. You can pick it up on, Mesa, on satellites, but I want you to repeat it after this. It's a Great Lakes factoid, a Great Lakes factoid. It's a great factoid about the Great Lakes. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. So do not, right now, the lake is in such a good condition. I don't want to use the word health again, but condition that if you park your car under a street lamp during June, you will be covered in mayflies. Whoa! And it's a good thing. Those no. organisms live at the bottom, and if the bottom of the lake is not where it needs to be with oxygen or pollutants, those organisms will not live there. So the residents that hate these annoying hatches that show up every June, um, it's an indication that we're doing the right thing and protecting and restoring Lake Erie. So do y'all communicate about I'm curious about that, because it is a nuisance, right? Like, like, we know they're good, but I mean, it's a... You've seen... Carolyn showed us news reports, and they're like everywhere, and it is... Do y'all do communication around that, um, you know, that mayflies are, are good? or, or how yeah, do No, we do. We try and do communication about it, but no matter how much you say. So I, I actually eat them in front of my students. You eat mayflies. Oh, yeah. That is disgusting. Like, do you cook them? Well, no, no. They just hatch. They're on your shirt. You pick one up. A student's looking at you. You just kind of 
pop it in your mouth. Do they realize that you're a psychopath afterwards? Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. They don't have any taste. They pop in your mouth. They've got long tails, though. Yeah, they sometimes get stuck in your teeth, but you still <laughs> got to eat them every once All in right, a while. I have a question. What shape are mayflies? Are they kind of tubular? What's that? Are mayflies kind of tubular? The body is, but okay. then the wings are perpendicular How to long? the body. How long? I mean, an adult is probably an inch and a half. There it is. Okay. I'm so, using inch and a half. Yeah. We can do it in centimeters if you want. No, but. Carolyn would, but that's okay. fine. Um, but so so I'm going to toss this out there. I love All it. Right. All right. You ever go to a cocktail party? A what? A cocktail party. Yes. I okay. love cocktail parties. Isn't this kind of a cocktail it's party? It's kind of like one, but I had to pay for my beer. No, you paid for it. Anyway, what is this? Um, and you get these little hot like little hot dog, little mini-sized ones. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and they come to So what if we get rid of the hot dog part, keep the bun, and put a mayfly in there? Little mayfly dogs. So like like stuffed olives? You could do a hot dog stuffed mayfly? Yeah, yeah, yeah a mayfly yeah. stuffed mayfly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that could be a thing. I wish we could record Hope's face right now. Like, it could convey. Well, when you sign up for the excursion tomorrow, Thank you. we will give you some mayflies. Yeah. I could probably do them dried out, but like... Live? That sounds disgusting. No, our director, Thomas Hook is our director. I think he's here tonight. And he, he came back from some event all fired up. He had a chocolate bar, and in the chocolate bar was some sort of insect. Um, maybe crickets, maybe mayflies. I don't want to... Oh, he's trying, all right, well, he's my boss. I guess I might as well try the damn, darn uh, whatever. And so um, it was gross. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was, like, I, I, I figured out why he gave me the chocolate bar, and the, because it was gross. And so the only insects you should be eating, I see Louisiana, or Florida Sea Grant here, I don't know, you should be eating crawfish and maybe shrimp. Those are the insects you they're, should be they're eating. They're not insects. Technically, they're not insects, but you know what? They taste a lot better than mayflies. <laughs> so so okay. Kristen Fussell got stopped at the border. She was doing research in Canada, tried to come over from Canada, and the inspection caught mayfly eggs. No, you can't bring oh, Canadian no, you can't mayflies. Bring, no. no, no. But they're in the same lake, like the... The mayflies on the Canadian side are different than the. Well, they got to swim. They got to swim. If they swim, it's fine. But if you're carrying them, yeah, it's no good. So I think we've established at this point that Lake Erie has two horrors, right? Algal blooms and mayflies. Two horrors. (laughs) Horrors. Yes. I'm not going to tell you what I thought you said. To enunciate. It's like we're a jasm. We have to enunciate very carefully. Oh, oh my God. So do the mayflies harm the dogs at all? Because I just really am here to save the dogs at this point. (laughs) The dogs are okay. Okay. Yeah. Dogs might even enjoy going after the mayflies. So I guess before we close out the wheel, is there anything that was not on the wheel that you would like to share with us about the awesome lake that is Lake Erie? Man, that's a great question. Um, I would say shallowest, warmest, has the most ice cover in the winter. Wait, because... what do you, like by percentage or by absolute value? No, so oh, the, let's do this. So 50% of the Great Lakes water is in Lake Superior, roughly. It's actually 53%. No, you don't need to give Lake Superior. Lake Superior's got plenty of ego. It doesn't need you. Okay. 53% of the water, Lake Superior, only about 2% of the fish biomass. Lake Erie has 2% of the the volume of water for the Great Lakes, but 50% of the fish biomass. No kidding. So we call it the 50 to 2 rule. The 50 to 2 rule. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why yellow perch, smallmouth bass, walleye... Are such so if I want to go fishing thing. in the Great Lakes, I should go to Lake Erie. I yeah, shouldn't... so the field trips tomorrow, skip them. Go out on a charter fish <laughs> expedition. Oh, we're done with the Wheel of Erie. Well, hold on one more time with the deal. Yeah. Well, we're not done with the podcast, Chris. I have more questions. But we have to close the, we have to close the Wheel of Erie. Wheel of time for the wheel of eerie what it will land on is a big mystery so many issues with lake eerie which of them will we 
discuss on Teach Me About the Great Lakes. The problem is I'm fundamentally an optimist. And so I'm in my basement doing this and I'm like, this is going to go over good. People are going to hear this and they're going to say, now that's witty and funny. And, and then I hit the button and I'm like, oh, this was a mistake. This was a very, very big mistake. That's fine. Um, so I have a question. So people think of Lake Erie. We talked to, we haven't talked about Lake Erie a lot. Of us. We've done 66 episodes. This is our 66 episode, three years now. And we talked a lot about Superior. Hey, now a lot about Michigan. Um, and because of Carolyn, we talk about like Huron and Ontario, all these Canadian lakes. And, and so, um, but I get the feeling that Lake, Lake Erie is like the little brother is, is of, of Great Lakes. Do you feel like that's the case that people feel that way or is, is it not? No, I mean, we're the walleye capital of the world. I mean, when you have 2% of the water but 50% of the fish, when I come up in the spring to the lab, all the license plates in the parking lot are North Dakota, South Dakota, Virginia, Tennessee. I mean, that's people are coming to Lake Erie for that reason. I think, I think it's an amazing resource, absolutely amazing resource. 40% of charter captains in the Great Lakes are based in Lake Erie alone. No kidding. So yeah. Does that include the Canadian side? <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Carolyn. Thanks, Carolyn. <laughs> I don't have that data. <laughs> I don't have the data. All right. I do appreciate that you called it out earlier. Though. <laughs> Seriously. So um, <laughs> one other question we've been asking lately. So, so I mean, most people know you as like the director of Ohio Sea Grant and Stone Lab and things like that. But, but you were a – what is something you want to like geek out about? We want to ask people, geek out about what is the thing you're most passionate like in a nerdy, geeky way about that you think? I mean, how do people not – I mean – 20% of the world's surface freshwater is right in our backyard. Like, I mean, how awesome yeah. is that? So I didn't even know that until I got here, right? I didn't appreciate it. And then you go and you see the lake and you're like, well, this looks like the Gulf because you can't see anything except Chicago. And, and, uh, and I agree. That the point of this podcast, well, the real point is to joke around with my friends twice a month. But, but um, the other point is, like, it's an amazing resource. And I feel like so many people, even in, even in this area, don't fully appreciate that, right? And so the more people we can have on, frankly, to passionately talk about how awesome the Great Lakes are, I think it, the, the better. And it, there's all sorts of cool things. And, you know, the secret of this show, like I've mentioned many times before, is I don't actually learn anything because I'm more worried about producing the show. We need to hire a producer. <laughs> hey, Bonnie. Um, but uh, uh, but that, that's good. So I think it's really important. And I think the culture and the biology and the ecology is, is just amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, and, and the lessons we learn in these Great Lakes, we have folks from... China coming over that are going through issues that we went through three decades ago, and they're learning from us. I mean, I think we're ahead of the curve. We're not where we want to be, but the Great Lakes, is, it's just been a, it's amazing. So Chris Winslow, director of our Sea Grant and the Stone Lab. That's really interesting to hear you come on and talk about Lake Erie and the fishing and the habs and all of that, but that's actually not why we invited you on Teach Me About the Great Lakes this week. The reason we invited you on Teach Me About the Great Lakes is to ask two questions, and the first one is this. If you could have a great donut for breakfast or a great sandwich for lunch, which one would you have? So great donut for breakfast. Or a great sandwich for lunch. This is a very important question. This I is know. the key. I the know. One so yeah, we are definitely all judging oh you right now. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I mean, there's a value waste. And there's uh, like 60 people here secretly. So here's nearby. the problem. Yeah. I'm going to complicate the nope. question. Nope. All right. What is it? So I'm going to have a great sandwich for lunch. Okay. But it's going to be a bagel with egg and bacon on it. That's fine. That does not okay. count as a donut. It's, it's not a donut. Right, so but it's, it's not a donut for breakfast. It's not a donut. All right, all right. So hold on. So 
Okay. All right. I want a club sandwich. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. So sandwich. All right. Bacon, ma- bacon maple yeah. for breakfast. I don't know what you want from me, Stuart. What I want is <laughs> you to listen to me so I can move the segment forward like a podcast professional. This is not that hard. You have selected a sandwich. That's a wonderful right, selection. But, okay, but did you, one second, back but up. My, did you truly select a sandwich or would you rather have a great donut for breakfast? Because I mean, it's an easy question. No, it's not an easy question. It's not an easy no. question. He chose a sandwich, though. There's no I would rather back. have a s- sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, no, because no, the stop. donut sets in weird parts of my body, so I want a sandwich. Yeah, that's where I hide microplastic and donuts, yeah. all in the same little dark nook. But all right, so then here's the question then. So I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, right? No, when, okay, we're in Cleveland now, but technically Chris sits in Columbus. Which one will we go for? We're going for Cleveland. I'm in Cleveland, okay, Ohio. Okay, sorry, my bad. I came all the way to Cleveland for a podcast. I, so I grew up outside of Cleveland, but I live in Columbus now, so okay. we're okay. Westlake? Right. <laughs> you grew up in Westlake? I just remembered. North, That's where North my Ridgeville. I'll Lake. tell you my parents' address. She makes a great breakfast sandwich. <laughs> All right. She's not welcome. All right. So here's the question. I'm in Cleveland. Tomorrow, I'm going to go. Uh, we have box lunches, of course. But if I f- don't pick up my box lunch because I want to spend that sweet, sweet per diem on a sandwich, where should I go to get a really great sandwich? Oh, my God. I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. I haven't eaten out in, like, yeah. nine years. I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old and an 11-year-old. I'm like, I guess Jimmy John's because they deliver yeah. quick. Um, yeah. Gosh. Berry's Bagels is pretty good. Berry's Bagels. You really are crossing the streams on this one, man. It's very confusing. No. Okay. So I'm going to go to Berry's Bagels, and I'm going to get a sandwich for lunch. I think so. Okay. A breakfast sandwich for lunch. <laughs> breakfast. You know I would do that, so I'm totally down. <laughs> Is there a special place in the Great Lakes that you can tell us about that is just really close to your heart? So I'm going to answer, and it's, I'm going to try and make it short, but it's going to be long. It's, I mean, it's Stone Laboratory, and so a lot of folks are going to come visit um, while we're here in Cleveland. Um, so I was doing my Ph.D. work out there, doing my weird geeky science stuff, and the director at that time kept bringing stakeholders down to my experiments and asking me to explain what I was doing to these visitors, whether they were county commissioners, mayors, decision makers. And I realized that I was not very good explaining science to a lay audience. And so he motivated me to be better at that. And so when I finished my PhD and got my tenure track position at a university, um, C. Grant had an opening for an assistant director and I applied because I realized that I needed to find a way to connect research to people that could actually take that information and do good things. And so Stone Lab is that place, not only because it's beautiful, but before because it was an inflection point in my career, and I feel like that's what brought me to Seagram. Oh, that's wonderful. So, Chris, if people want to find out more about Stone Lab and maybe get involved some way, where should they go? Yeah, so go to the Ohio Sea Grant webpage. We have endowments there where you can actually donate money that oh. goes to scholarships for students buys research equipment for scientists. Everybody, give money to Chris's endowment, right? That's right. Yeah. It's, well, it's not my endowment. No, oh, I got hands back here. If they want to give two, I have a tab that's at the bar right over there that we can take care of, too. What name is that tab under? Asking for a friend. <laughs> no, but so they should go to some... Where should they go to find it? So the- just... You do your Google machine and type in Ohio Sea Grant, and uh, the Stone Lab links are there. And there are 27 different named endowments, and you pick your flavor. If you want to support research, if you want to support education, if you want to support facilities, any way you feel like you want to give, it's right there. Well, Dr. Chris Winslow, director of Ohio Sea Grant, 
Stone Lab host of Secret Week 2022, which thus far has been an excellent conference, picked up, of course, after Kristen showed up, but that's great. Thank you so much for coming on and teaching us all about the Great Lakes. And we would like to thank Masthead Brewery. Yeah, see, you blew up my spot. Now I'm blowing up all right, your well, spot. That, we got some thank you, so I do. Wait, wait, thank you. Thank you to Masthead Brewery. Uh, Yay! Thank you to Ohio Sea Grant. Thank you to Chris Winslow. Thank, thank you to the Ohio Sea Grant team. This meeting wouldn't have happened without the entire Sea Grant team. That is absolutely true. Thank you. Oh, I just realized I have a thing. Hold on. Oh, well, done better. And thank you so much <laughs> uh, to all of our partners who help with this show. Um, it's fun. We do these live things about two times a year, it seems like, and it's the most fun we have. It may or may not be the best episode for this, but I don't care. But if you want to find out more about what we do, go to teachmeaboutthereightlakes.com. Get yourself a sticker. The other thing we have is Titus is here. Titus, turn around and wave. Starting in October, we're going to produce our new show, live streaming video called Ask Dr. Fish with Titus Seilheimer and Katie O'Reilly. And we're going to get teachers to ask us questions. And we're going to stream it live. And what could possibly go wrong with live streaming video? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing could go wrong. And so that's why we're super excited. Anyway, my point is this. Dr. Chris Winslow, thank you so much for coming on and teaching us all about the Great Lakes. Go grab a breakfast sandwich at lunch. Thank you, everybody, for coming. We've already done the thank you, so we're just going to go straight into our very important credits. Teach Me About the Great Lakes is brought to you by the fine people at Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. That's Yay. all of us. Thank you to our leadership team for putting up with this nonsense. Not Yay. everybody would, but that's why it's the best Sea Grant program to work at, except for all, your Sea Grant program, of course. It's equally as good. Uh, where was I? We encourage you to check out the great work that we do at iicgrant.org and ILINCGrant on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, other social media. But not TikTok. Not TikTok. We're too old for that. We're too old for TikTok. <laughs> I don't drink hazy IPAs and I don't do TikTok. That's the way it is. Teach Me Over Three Lakes is produced by Hope Charters. Hope, give a wave. You can give a verbal wave. That's fine. Carolyn Foley. Yes. Megan Gunn, who's amazing, but not here. Rini Miles, also amazing, also not here. Ethan Chitty, he's our associate producer and our fixer. Our super fun podcast artwork, which you can get a copy of in sticker form right there. It's done by Joel Davenport. The show is edited by the awesome and hopefully patient Quinn Rose, and I encourage you to check out her work at aspiringrobot.com. Hey, do you have a question for the show? I bet you do. Send an email to teachmeaboutthegreatlakes at gmail.com or leave us a message on our hotline, 765-496-IISG. That's for Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Teach Great Lakes. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. And keep grading those lakes. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do